Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome into Turf Show Times of Podcast. I'm JB Scott, and we're here to give you last minute thoughts where we break down everything you know 24 hours ahead of game time. We got Rams and the Saints on deck in New Orleans. So, whether that's injuries, matchups, and whatever else you need to know, we're here to break it down and give it to you. So, it's just me this week. Glenn Greasak couldn't make it. And, uh, you know, let's get started. The first thing I wanted to talk about, you know, is that collapse against the Cardinals last week where, you know, Matthew Stafford was out with the concussion. John Wolford comes in as replacement. So anytime you have a backup quarterback in the game, I always think it's a good time to return to the fundamentals and, you know, maybe create some systematic opportunities uh, for that guy to be successful and set him up and put him in the best position to succeed. Right. So the Rams only ran the ball 14 times in that game, despite, you know, earning a 4.2 yards per carry clip. So, Uh, Did you really do everything you could to take the pressure off John Wolford? And, you know, he looked okay. And the mobility was a great add to this offense, I think. But, you know, whenever the ball came out of his hand, it really, he just didn't look like an NFL caliber thrower. And, you know, on the flip side, Cole McCoy looked fantastic. And he was willing to take what the defense gave him. He was patient. And, you know, the defense really held up okay. You know, it held up decent just till the end of the game when David Long Jr. You know, gave up three plays on that final drive, really helped seal the game. And, you know, they just got too far out of reach for the Rams, especially with this limited offense that, you know, you had the, the touchdown drive in garbage time, but really you're only going to put up 10 points in that game against the Cardinals defense that, you know, hasn't really been too fierce over the course of the season through 10 weeks, right? So definitely a concern for the Rams moving forward. It makes sense how they've gotten here, despite all the injuries that have ravaged this roster in 2022. But now that the Rams are out of contention, it's something to think about, you know, you know, David Long Jr. is in the game in for the rookie Darion Kendrick, who's had the start in recent weeks. So maybe Kendrick has fallen out of favor in some ways, or you know, Long allows him to play more versatile in coverage because he has that inside-outside flexibility. But you know, my biggest takeaway is you know, there's people on this defense that aren't getting the job done. And whenever Aaron Donald's getting double and triple teamed in that interior defensive line on a you know, every play basis, uh, you really expect Leonard Floyd to step up. And he hasn't, uh, but most points of the season, I think maybe against the Panthers, he had that two sack game, but, and Terrell Lewis, Justin Hollins on the opposite side, they aren't getting the job done either. So really you didn't get the trade made at the deadline for a Brian Burns or Bradley Chubb. And that's really showing. And I think there's multiple games you can point to this season where an edge rusher would have made the difference. Just take the pressure off Donald, maybe open up some other things for Floyd. But I I think about the second 49ers game. I think about this Cardinals game and you know, that's something the Rams absolutely have to get corrected for 2023. But, uh, you know, edge, edge rushers are a premium position. You have to pay premium capital in order to get them right, whether that's, you know, the highest picks in the draft or most expensive free agents. You're crying your trade, and it's going to require, you know, some picks that you might not have. So uh, something to keep an eye on. We'll see how Les Snead and Sean McVay navigate that moving forward. But I think that's enough about the Cardinals game. You know, it was well litigated this week, so – uh, let's talk about Rams Saints and start with the injury report where you know, Cooper Cup is out because he got hurt on that sideline throw from John Wolford, kind of a hospital ball type scenario. And it's important for the Rams to think about who steps up at receiver in his absence. 
You're going to get a long look at Allen Robinson, really figure out what his involvement is, if he can be a piece in this in this team moving forward, or if he was just a mistake of a signing and really hasn't had the impact he was expected when you signed to a $15, $16 million a year deal uh, in free agency this spring, right? So, uh, you know, Robinson and Wolford seem to have some sort of connection, which makes sense because during training camp, when the Rams are managing Stafford's workload, kind of nursing that elbow injury, Wolford was really running the first team offense in practice. So uh, for him to step in and immediately have that chemistry with Robinson, I think it's a sign, an encouraging sign that maybe Stafford and Robinson really just need to have those opportunities together. And, you know, it's something that is fixable, right? But behind that, you know, Ben Skronik, Van Jefferson, um, to Atwell possibly coming into the fold, Lance McCutcheon. So um, whoever, there need other people to step up a receiver. Jefferson, yeah, he had the touchdown last week, but, you know, he's, he's played in three games since he's returned from injury and really hasn't had the big impact that you'd expect him to make. So we'll see if he can be an important piece as a former second-round piece um, the rest of the way. But uh, I think, you know, there's not a lot of reasons to, to be optimistic because he's never really broken out in a big way, and he's here in year three or four, right? And then also on the offensive line, just when you think you're getting everyone back and you're going to have five people that you feel really good about on that unit, uh, you lose a Larry Jackson with blood clots. He missed last week's game. Ty Nasecki got the start, right? But, you know, Larry Jackson's going to miss, has a, a unique health you know, injury, going to miss the rest of the season moving forward. And then Chandler Brewer battled through a knee injury last week against the Cardinals, and he's going to miss at least four to six weeks. So not only are you losing those two starting caliber players, you know, and Chandler Brewer coming in and proving that he's can play at that level is really encouraging, right? And it's tough to see him go down. But you're also losing Brian Allen, who's dealing with two injuries, one to his knee and one to his thumb. So he's not going to be able to make the start at center. You're going to have to shift Coleman Shelton, who played left guard last week, into center. And, you know, aside from that, who knows what's going to happen? You might have Ty Nasecki probably left tackle, even though he's 37 years old and an NFL journeyman. I think I would rather give, you know, someone like A.J. Arcuri on the practice squad that opportunity. But, you know, at the same time, you have to balance how much you want to protect Matthew Stafford, right? Because he just took that concussion a couple of weeks ago and you really can't get him, have him taken a lot of shots. And, but you also want to balance giving these younger, these younger inexperienced players more opportunities. So, and whatever happens at the guard positions, I really don't know what the Rams are going to do. I assume maybe left guard is going to be Bobby Evans, right guard is going to be Ode Abushi. And of course you have the reliable Rob Haven sign at right tackle. But fortunately for the Rams, you know, you're not trotting out John Wolford this week. Matthew Stafford has cleared concussion protocol. He's back. So we'll see if he can give this offensive boost, maybe build some chemistry with these receivers. And, you know, you're not quite out of the playoff picture officially, right? But uh, it's not looking good, and it's about building momentum for 2023. The good news for Stafford, of course, is he's going against a shorthanded New Orleans Saints defense where they're missing their two best edge rushers in Marcus Davenport and Cameron Jordan. They're also missing Pete Warner, who's this new modern-type middle linebacker. He played, He's all over the field. You know, he's a very exciting player to watch, but, you know, he's not going to be active in this game. And you're also missing quarterback Marshawn Lattimore, who, you know, if, if you were just down to Allen Robinson as your primary number one receiver, you know, Lattimore would have no problem locking up that bigger physical type receiver. So that's a big loss for the Saints in this game and maybe opens up things for this Rams passing game. We will find out about that, right? And they're also missing, uh, you know, James Hurst, who on offense, who's their starting left tackle in in place of Trevor Penning, who they drafted in the first round this year. Also on offense, they're missing Mark Ingram. And Andrews Pete is questionable, who's their guard. Um, not a very good 
you know, starting caliber guard. So even if he's out, you know, that you would have to assume his backup is even worse. So could be good news for Aaron Donald and the Rams in the middle of that Saints offensive line. One thing I'm interested in seeing on this Rams offense is who gets the start at running back. You kind of have to assume it's going to be Daryl Henderson because he's been so reliable over the course of the season, even in, with all the drama with Cam Akers and the constant rotation and working guys in like Ronnie Rivers. So, you know, I think Daryl Henderson is going to have a big role moving forward. But, you know, Kyron Williams, he looked good last week, had a carry for nine yards and also caught three passes for 30 yards in garbage time. Uh, you know, the last drive of the game where the Rams were able to get that touchdown to Van Jefferson. But you do wonder, you know, why he wasn't in the game earlier and why the game had to be out of hand in order for him to get opportunities. So, you know, maybe the Rams can give him, you know, some looks early on in this game, get him worked in and, you know, see what he's truly capable of and see if he can, you know, be a leader of this backfield for years to come. Um, you know, he's a, you know, Williams, he's a shifty type back. He's going to be a high volume pass catcher. And that's something that the Rams could really use is just whenever you're forced to check the ball down, can you get some run after the catch opportunities? Can you turn those checkdowns into explosive type plays? And that's not an element of your offense that you have right now. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And moving to the other side of the ball, you know, this New Orleans offense, Andy Dalton's going to get the start over Jameis Winston, despite Winston being healthy at this point in the season. Uh, you know, Dalton, he's the kind of quarterback the Rams have struggled against this year. Whenever you think about, you know, Marcus Marietta almost leading that second half comeback in week two. You know, the Rams have lost to guys like Colt McCoy, Jimmy Garoppolo twice. Uh, P.J. Walker had a lead at halftime. So these guys who are, are willing to dink and dunk and take what the defense gives them gives the Rams problems, especially when they're playing so far off the ball. Uh, and, you know, Dalton has some weapons. And you know, rookie Chris Olave was a receiver they drafted in the first round. And through nine games, he already has 658 yards, only two touchdowns. But, you know, this, is a, this isn't a prolific high-scoring offense. And, you know, that production is going to come, you know, sort of comes in bunches and you know, he's been an explosive type player, comes in the NFL from day one, is ready to make an impact. And, you know, I wonder if the Rams will put Jalen Ramsey on him because there's not a lot of options in this receiving core. But uh, we'll see how things shake out. Uh, you know, Alvin Kamara is their next leading receiver. So kind of gives you a, a real realization of how he's the focal point of this offense. He's their number one you know driver in production. So uh, between Olave and Kamara, you got to get those guys bottled up. Maybe Kamara gives you a similar threat to what you've seen in Christian McCaffrey at certain points this year. You know, you've played him twice. So, both the Rams essentially out of contention for 2022. I did want to highlight three articles from Turf Show Times that are posted over the week that I think, you know, really breaks down the state of the Rams and how they can keep an eye out, you know, make the most of the remainder of 2022, but with an eye towards 2023. And, you know, the first article I wanted to go over was Kenneth Arthur's five steps to get Matthew Stafford back on track, essentially. And I want to focus on step number three, where you can strip down the roster to its necessary parts, maybe find out who's going to be a part of this team moving forward. And, you know, he had some interesting thoughts where if you release Leonard Floyd with a post-June 1 designation, which means, you know, you can cut him before June 1st, right? But you can put that designation on him where, you know, there's certain criteria in the contract based on bonuses and such where you can get more money cutting them later in the in the process after free agency and after the draft. 
and you'd save 15 and a half million by putting that designation on Floyd. So but based on his production this year, I don't think he's going to be someone that's sticking around. The Rams are paying him like a premier edge rusher, but they're not getting that level of production out of him. And, you know, all the focus is on stopping and slowing down Aaron Donald in the middle of that defensive line. And, you know, that's set up for Floyd to have success or for Terrell Lewis and Justin Hollins to have success. Never taken advantage. So, you know, I certainly think the Rams could realistically have two new edge rushers heading into next year. And, you know, the second player he's noted is left tackle Joseph Noteboom, who the Rams gave a pretty sizable contract to in order to retain in free agency last year. But, you know, Alaric Jackson really has stepped in in his replacement and almost played better than him. And I'm not sure that Noteboom, this is Noteboom's starting job moving forward. So you could save $7.5 million if you trade him before June 1st. You can also save $8.5 million if you put that June 1 designation on him and cut him. So, uh, you know, that's some pretty sizable money and some savings. But And then they have some smaller options, too, where you could release your trade camp makers, get a million, $1.4 million back. You could release or trade Van Jefferson, get $1.3 million back. And then you have the opportunity to restructure Cooper Cup, and you get up to $14 million in cap space. So there's a lot of talk about how the Rams don't have a lot of draft capital. They don't have a lot of, you know, salary cap resources. But, you know, you you know Kenneth thought there's kind of outlined here how the Rams can, you know, maneuver that and really open some things up where you can retool this team, make some incremental improvements, and get back into contention in 2023. The second article I wanted to discuss with you guys today is Blaine Greasax with the Rams in a lost season. They need to start giving these younger players opportunities to play and show what the team has in them. And, you know, he started by saying that, you know, Matthew Stafford's returning with a concussion this week. But, you know, Kelly Stafford's made some public comments of how, you know, she's not sure whether they want to keep playing moving forward. And his future's kind of in doubt. So uh, he's taken a lot of hits over the course of his career, especially this season in Los Angeles. And, you know, at some point you might have to shut him down. And Blaine makes the argument that, you know, Bryce Perkins may be more suitable to give that opportunity to instead of someone like John Wolford, who didn't look up to the cut, didn't look up to snuff last week against the Cardinals. So, uh, you know, Bryce Perkins, we've seen in the preseason. He's an extremely exciting player, has a mobility with his legs. And, you know, this offense wouldn't look the same with him in there. He's a limited thrower, right? But maybe Cooper Cup's gone too. And that's your only option is you can, you know, use leverage Perkins' ability on the ground. Maybe that opens up some things in the traditional running game. And uh, that's your only chance of salvaging any sort of production on offense in 2022. But also on offense, Blaine mentions people like Tutu Atwell, the second-round receiver who's had two touches this season. And both times he's had the ball in his hands. He's looked good. He's looked explosive. Had that 50-plus-yard bomb earlier in the year. Also took that jet sweep, and he, he looks fast every time he has the ball in his hands. You know, Blaine also mentions Jacob Harris, the tight end wide receiver hybrid who's kind of buried on the depth chart. And then undrafted free agent, the rookie Lance McCutcheon, uh, kind of just taking up a roster spot at this point. And, you know, the Rams – is that just stashing him for future years? They think they think they can develop him into something, or you know, with Cooper Cup out, is it time to throw him out there? You know, does he have a skill set that maybe Van Jefferson or Ben Skronik don't really possess or bring to the table for this offense? And maybe he can carve out a role moving forward. So, other names mentioned by Blaine, Kyron Williams, you know, AJ Curry, kind of like I said, why would you trot out a 37 year old NFL NFL journeyman whenever you can invest time in your rookie and really work him into the fold moving forward? On the other side of the ball, he mentions Darion Kendrick, Kobe Durant. Uh, you know, why play guys like David Long when they're free agents in, the, in this, this year? And kind of explaining that same thought to guys like Nick Scott and Taylor Rapp. 
Maybe instead you you know work in Quentin Lake, who's been injured, kind of a mysterious knee injury that kept him out of the start of the year. Maybe Russie's also gets an opportunity. Um, but these are just things to think about uh, whenever you're watching and you're seeing these older players on the field whenever their contracts are about to expire or, you know, Naseki could retire next year. And, you know, how are the Rams balance giving reps to these younger players versus trotting out those veterans who might not be part of the team moving forward? And the third article I wanted to discuss with you guys today is that the Sean McVay moment aged like milk written by yours truly. And, you know, it goes in depth into ESPN Seth Wickersham this offseason wrote about welcome to the Sean McVay moment. And, you know, there are a lot of headshots, a lot of profile pictures taken of him and at his big old mansion in Los Angeles. Right. And, you know, he made McVay made some interesting comments in that article where it just never really seemed like he ever thought he'd coach a losing team, that losing could never happen to him. And it's really fair to understand why when you know, he inherited a quarterback in Jared Goff who had a historically bad rookie season in the NFL with Jeff Fisher. And, you know, Todd Gurley was the focal point of the offense, the first iterations of the Sean McVay offense. And, you know, his knee deteriorated and he wasn't part of the team. And then at the same time, you know, the offensive line falls apart and he's salvaging production out of Jared Goff. And in 2019, he's still able to pull a willing winning record out of this, you know, deteriorating roster. Though you come up just short of the playoffs. So I understand why McVay thinks, Hey, everything can go wrong, and I'm still a winning type coach. That's I'm never going to be a part of that. You know, these coaches that get fired, I'm never going to be you know drafting towards the top of the the lineup and being some of the worst teams in the NFL. But things change quickly, and as soon as you make comments like that, the NFL is quick to serve you a piece of humble pie. And I think you know, as a Rams fan, you know, McVay is probably one of the best coaches in NFL history. Certainly one of the best coaches in Rams history. And you know, I'm very optimistic he's going to get this turned around. And this has to be a very humbling experience for him. But I'm not going to spoil anything. I think this piece was really how I reconciled this, you know, tough year. Whenever the team had Super Bowl expectations, obviously they're going to come up short of those. And uh, just kind of, you know, take comfort in that. And let's start putting an eye towards next year. While 2022 is a disappointment for Sean McVay and the Rams, I wouldn't expect them to be down for long. They're going to get this turned around quickly. And, you know, the next several games really gives you an opportunity to find out who's going to be part of this team moving forward and, you know, where things go from here. So, guys, that's all I had this week on Turf Show Times, the podcast. This is Last Minute Thoughts. Make sure you subscribe via your favorite podcast app so you never miss a single episode. We'll be back tomorrow after the Rams-Saints game to give you that instant reaction. I'll be there. Kenneth Arthur will be there. Chris Daniel will be there. And I'm actually going to be in attendance for the next three games, maybe giving you guys some instant reactions from you know the parking lot of the stadium. So uh, interested to see how this Rams team acts moving forward, but we'll be back next week.